This is the Eric Francis Show, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Good afternoon. Welcome. Welcome to the Eric Francis Show, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. We, uh, we endeavor to do this every week with a magazine-style format where we get a guest in the first half, another one in the second, and uh, I like stories. I want to hear storytellers. But it is camp, and it's, uh, there are lots of great storylines in camp, lots of question marks, and in the second half of the show, we'll have some of those answered by Kirk Muller, the associate coach of the Calgary Flames. He'll be uh, joining me either live in studio here at the Hot Stove Lounge, or he'll call us. I'm not really sure at this point in time. But first, we're going to be joined by Brett Sutter. Played over 1,000 games in the American Hockey League. He's here uh, with the Calgary Flames. He signed in the offseason with the Flames organization. Obviously, the goal is to play for the Wranglers this year. I think it's a great idea to have, you know, a recognizable name who's going to kind of spearhead this new team in town, which I'm fascinated to see in terms of how, how the crowds respond, how the people in the city respond. I think it's going to be a huge success. I think people are very interested in the young players in the organization, uh, and uh, and Brett's going to help along along with those young guys. But uh, last night, he he almost I wouldn't say he had a starring role, but uh, he scored a goal. He led the team in shots on goal. So I want to talk about uh, that experience last night. Brett, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Eric. Thanks for having me. So we spoke, uh, I guess, just the other day, and. Uh, you know, I'm fascinated by your decision, first of all, to sign with Calgary. What what, uh, what was the allure of, of, of signing here after all those years playing for the Ontario Reign? Um, I think just a chance to come home to Alberta. Um, you know, when I got married and started a family, uh, we bought a, a home here and have called this our, our summer home, our, our home away from home uh, since then. So, um chance to come home be close to, to friends family and a, and a community we, we care about a lot is it was a pretty good opportunity to come back to now for those who haven't put it together uh brett's father is is daryl the coach of this team and uh you know i know that that the sutters in general are very are sick of the angle that the family angle but we in the media and i think many fans are fascinated did you call your dad to just say hey I've got an offer in Calgary, and I'm thinking about taking it. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, you know, I waited a few days in the free agency, and Calgary is one of the teams that had shown interest. And uh, I'd say probably if there was any team that I was going to leave L.A. for, it was probably to come home to, to play for the Flames and, and kind of come full circle and be back in this organization and, like I said, be back in Alberta and, I ran it by him just to make sure he didn't have any problems. I know that, you know, last time I was here that, uh, you know, he ended up, <laughs> he ended up trading me away. So I wanted <laughs> to make sure it was all, it was all good. And, and, uh, he, he said, uh, you know, absolutely. We'd, we'd love to have you here, but you make whatever decisions best for your family. So it was good. Awesome. Awesome. Now I want to, you know, I, I'm fascinated by last night. I, you know, piecing together a column on you here. I, I, I noticed at one point, your brother Chris, obviously a huge celebrity here in town, <laughs> and uh, when it's Chris Sutter time, the whole stadium turns to the jumble trying to see him dance, and he's you know just one of the biggest fans in this city. People love him here. I noticed you looked up and you saw him dancing. Your father claims he never looks up because he's seen all his moves already. Did you catch a glimpse, or was I dreaming that? 
No, you know what? I I had to look up for a second. I was I was trying to stay focused and and dialed in on what I was doing, but I had to look up and give it a little chuckle. So it had been uh, it had been a few years, you know, with COVID and everything. He hasn't got to come to many games uh, out in California the last couple of years. So mm-hmm. I missed him doing it out there. So it was it's always fun to see him, and and he had my kids sitting with him last night, so they had a blast. Amazing, amazing. We're talking to Brett Sutter. So you're telling me. When when he'd come visit you out in L.A. Uh, when you were playing uh, with the Ontario Reign, would he dance in those games too? They don't they don't spotlight him like they do here, but he would dance nonetheless. You know what they did the exact same thing they did uh, <laughs> with uh, with the Flames, yeah. So uh, when Daryl used to be with the Kings, uh, they did the same thing. They even sold uh, T-shirts in the in the Staples that said uh, "Dance like Chris Sutter" or something like that. So amazing. Um, he was he was a big deal. There was a there was one time after a game in Ontario, and I had taken her to the grocery store with me to to grab something to throw in the barbecue. And we got home, and a bunch of people in Kings and Reigns jerseys came up uh, to me when I was paying in line. I had my brother with me, and they asked me to take a picture with of them with, <laughs> with Chris. And I was like, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is so need. good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and by the way, good game tonight. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. You. You come here to play with the Flames organization. You're third fiddle behind your dad and Chris. There's no doubt about it, but I know you're okay with that. Yeah, you know what? Uh, sometimes less spotlights better. You can you can go about your business and, and do your work, and and I'm fine with that. Uh, you know, Chris Chris loves that, and and he he deserves all the all the attention he gets. Yeah, yeah, he's a beauty. People do love him here. Okay, and we just got confirmation. Kirk Muller will be joining us here in studio, uh, half past the hour here. Uh, the Wranglers, I, I'm so fascinated with um, them coming to town uh, and, and, and what sort of response the city will give this team. What What are your thoughts on, on how it will be received? You know, it's a new brand of hockey the city hasn't seen. I think it's going to be really exciting. Um you know, it's kind of a, a happy medium in between, you know, the young junior teams and and a chance to see some of these, you know, up-and-coming young prospects that are going to have long NHL careers. So I'm really excited to see what the turnout's going to be like. I uh, hope everyone's willing to, to give it a try because I, I think it's going to be a, a big hit. The uh, I want to go back to last night, the goal. Tell me about the goal. It must have been of a, a, been a bit of a thrill to score a goal. I know it was, you know, it was a – the fourth goal in a four nothing game with the dying seconds, uh, you know, remaining, but it's still cool to score a goal in at the dome. No, it was absolutely, it was really cool. Even just putting that Jersey on and being back in the dome. I think it had been 12 years for me since I played a game there. So it was, it was exciting. It's, it's nice. Our line can contribute. I thought we had a, a hard work at night. So to, to get the kind of cookie power play shift at the end of the game, it doesn't mean much. But uh, you know, to guys like us that aren't you know dependent on to, to score a bunch of goals, it was it was a nice reward. Yeah, sure was. Uh, you you uh, for those who don't are familiar, you you were drafted in the sixth round by the Flames in 2005, and uh, your dad was the coach then. It wasn't the G, it wasn't your dad who drafted you, uh, but. You've been this in this organization. I think you played 18 games over three years with the Calgary Flames, back and forth between the, the AHL clubs. But you told me a great story about your fitness testing uh, last week when you came back to the organization. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They took some shots at me. It was pretty funny. Uh, 
So for those that don't know, when you do fitness testing, a lot of times, you know, the weights that you have to push and the scores you get are based off some of your prior results. So a lot of these guys coming in that have been here for the last, you know, whatever number of years, they'll see the scores. They they put the name in, they'll see the scores they got from last year. And for me, they, they'd put the score and they'd be like, ah, can you push, you know, whatever, so-and-so watts still. And then they'd look again, they'd be like, oh, that was in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we had some good chuckles. I was like, I don't think I could still do the things I was doing when I was, you know, whatever, 21, 22 years old, mm-hmm. but I'll give it a try. So it was, uh, we had some good laughs and it was good to see a lot of those familiar faces again and, and uh, to get back in that competition mode. Yeah, it is amazing. There are still a lot of familiar faces here uh, from when you were here in 2010. I mean, you know, a lot changes, but still some things stay the same. Uh, you're 35 right now, as you uh, kind of alluded to earlier. You know, you come here in a different sort of role than most of the kids who are here at camp. Just just explain your mindset. You know, I asked you the other day, is there any illusions that potentially you could be a call-up at some point this season if the injury bug really bit hard? And uh, you kind of laughed it off. That That's not what your focus is, that's for sure. Yeah, I think it doesn't matter if you're an 18-year-old kid come to us first camp or a 35 year old guy on a on a tryout i mean you want to come in you want to show what you can do and play your best and and for me now it's i'm trying to build for the start of the regular season as i've gotten older but at the same time you want to pick up on all the things the organization expects and and that doesn't just go for the flames that goes down through the wranglers and all the kids that are going back to junior and everything things they expect in your game um, you know, how you're expected to train, how you're expected to treat teammates. you got to pick all that stuff up quick. So, um, yeah, just trying to be a sponge, you know, still asking guys that are full-time players here lots of questions about systems and schedules and everything else, and, and that's all part of the territory. Yeah. We're talking to Brett Sutter. The uh, fan feedback line is is open, 960-960, if you have a question for Brett or for Kirk Muller in, in, uh, in a few minutes. Tell me about playing a thousand games in the American Hockey League. That has got to be something that you are very, very proud of. I know your father sir, sure is. Yeah, I mean it's a grind, right? It's uh, you got to love the game. Uh, you got to love to compete. Uh, love being around your teammates. Um, you got to have a great family behind you. My wife, you know, I've drugged her into so many apartments and house rentals over the last fifteen, <laughs> sixteen years. They got to be. They got to be the rock that keeps it all together. But. Um, I still enjoy it. I still love coming to the rink every day. I don't think there's a, a place better to be than, than in the locker room with all your brothers that you go to war with. So, um, you know, I'll play another 500 if I can, but we'll, we'll see if we'll take that one year at a time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now you, uh, as I alluded to, you're, you're, you don't love talking about your dad and all this, but you did tell me that you often hear through the grapevine or through teammates generally about your dad's famous press conferences after games, you'll get pulled aside by <laughs> yeah. someone who will either show you a video or tell you about what he said. Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll get a, a shot in the leg in the locker room. Hey, hey, Sutz, look at this. Look at this. And it's always it's always good for a chuckle. I mean, for us, kind of like I was telling you the other day, we're, we're used to seeing that side of him. Um, you know, when he's away from work, he's – He's, you know, the, the best guy in the world. But when you're working, whether it's at the rink or at the farm, when it's work time, it's work and it's all business. And and we uh, we get some of the same stares and some of the same one-liners you guys get uh, in your press conferences when we're at home at the farm too. 
And you still go back to the farm, eh? I mean, uh, you were telling me that on weekends you'll alternate between going to Cranbrook and seeing your wife's family and and, and going back to the farm to help your dad out. Yeah, you know what? You love going there. You wish you could go more often. Obviously, with three kids now, it's it's tough to travel all the time. Like, we used to go every single weekend. Um, But we go as much as we can. Um, You know, to me, Vikings still home. All my closest friends are there. Uh, lots of family around there and and there's something special about being back on on the farm and a place you know grandpa and grandma you know started the family and started the tradition so um, I wish I could be there more Uh, sometimes it breaks your heart that you're not there more but uh, it's always a special place to be when you are now what about after hockey you know you must have thought about that at your age that you know at some point in time you might have to decide do do you want to stay in the hockey world as a scout or in management or as a coach or, or is the farm life more, more for you or, or what, what's on, on your mind? Yeah. You know what? That's a good question. I think, you know, on any given day, I think I, I change my mind on that all the time. I think I'll have a hard time leaving this game behind if that's what it comes to. Um, I love working with players. I love working with young players. Um, if there's an opportunity that would, that would grant me that after our, my playing days are done. I think it would it would be a hard thing to turn away. Um, but then again, there's always that that draw to go back to to the farm and you know carry on the legacy there. And and uh, you know what, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I I yeah. just I try to take it you know one day, one game at a time. And and right now I'm enjoying playing, and and that's kind of where the focus is at. Okay, best player you ever played with. And, and and I know you played a lot of years in the minors, so you've seen some some great young players come through the King system and Carolina system and such. But uh, somebody come to mind when I say the best player you ever played with? Oh, I mean Iggy's tough to beat. I know I, I was only with him for you know ten or fifteen games, but uh, you know he taught me a lot even in that short time and uh, you know how to train, how to be a professional, you know how to work and practice. Um, you know, just a great human being. Always made you feel at home when you were called up as a young kid and kind of starry-eyed over being in the NHL. He was always, you know, one of those guys you could you could look at and learn from. So I think it'd be tough not to say him. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of figured it would be uh, Jerome. Uh, some pretty good players down in that L.A. system, though, too, over the years, I'm sure. Uh, tell me about <laughs> – I went to the Sutter tournament this summer, the golf tournament, and uh, your uncle Brian was holding court at the end of the night, as he often does. And at one point, he plopped his phone down. And you, you'll never meet a man who's prouder of a flip phone uh, than Brian Sutter. Uh, is that the source of, of many jokes in your family, as it is for everybody on the outside? Yeah, I actually think he upgraded to the flip phone. It used to be the big brick. He couldn't <laughs> fit in his pocket, but... Uh... Yeah, you know what? You probably have a better chance of getting a return text from the president of the United States than get <laughs> from Brian. So um, usually it's two or three days later you get a call back. But but uh, you know Brian's he's one of the best guys you'll ever meet. Uh, you know he'll give you the shirt off his back and does a lot for the community. But uh, sometimes he sees a hard man to get a hold of once in a while. That is for sure. And what killed me the most were the. The photo on his flip phone. I didn't know they had the technology to put a photo on there, but he had a photo of two cows. I wasn't. I wasn't sure if they were bulls or cows. I'm a city boy, but that those. You know, most people have photos of their family member or something. Their happy place in the world. I guess that symbolizes his happy place. 
That is a, that is a family member for him. Probably is probably one of his bulls. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. probably he knows their names. Um, who's your favorite uncle? Let's put you on the spot right here. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do this to me. No, you can't do this. You know what? We're we're I'm pretty lucky. We're all very close. Uh, you know, not just the uncles, but uh, the next generation. You know, all my my cousins, and we're starting to have kids now. So, uh, you know, from I'm sure great grandma Grace would have the count, but the family's getting getting pretty enormous now. And when we get together, it's always pretty special to to catch up now that we're spread all over Canada and North America. And and uh, you know, I, I've been I've been very fortunate to have those guys to lean on over the years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that always blows me away when every once in a while I'll be talking to Brent or or uh, even Gary. I, I ran into him at the golf tournament. You know. The family does make one heck of an effort when there is a wedding or there is some sort of family gathering. People tend to drop all their farming equipment and just head out there and, and support one another. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. We had a wedding uh, out in Saskatoon this year. Uh, my cousin Luke, which who is uh, Richie's son. Um, yeah. And you know what? I think almost the entire family was there. You know what? We had a, a ton of laughs and and a couple of good happy hours and lots of stories and jokes. And it's you know it never feels like you know you know, a year or two goes by in between those visits and I'm lucky to be part of a special family. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think people romantically think that at some point in time at a wedding like that, or at some point when you're getting together, everybody grabs a a road hockey stick and you start playing. It it doesn't work like that, does it? (laughs) Yeah. You know what? It's funny. We always, you always try not to talk too much about hockey, but by Mm -hmm. the end of the night, you're, you're, you end up talking about stories and people and guys, you know, and, it always ends up talking about hockey, but we've tried to stay away from the uh, the competitive games so so uh, Richie and Uncle Dog don't fight too much. <laughs> They're the two that go at it the most. I love <laughs> oh, yeah. it. Yeah. I, I love it. All right. Hey, listen, we've taken up enough of your time. Brett, I really appreciate it. It was great to see you uh, uh, score that goal last night. It was great to see you, knowing that your brother's out there, your dad's there. It's kind of a – a cool moment even if your dad downplayed it after the game and said we Sutters have been doing that for 50 years no big deal uh i think it was <laughs> yeah I heard, deep, I heard about that one too you did hear about that one i mean yeah deep down yeah. he must have felt that that was pretty cool to see his son score a goal i don't care what he says <laughs> well that's only for him to know <laughs> yeah he won't share it with no, anybody thanks, thanks for having me eric i appreciate it and look forward to seeing you guys down the road Yeah, I appreciate it. We'll see you down at the rink uh, one way or another all season long. Thanks, Brett. Okay, take care. All right, there he is, Brett Sutter. 35 years of age, he's here. Going to provide some mentorship, some leadership for the the Wranglers Club this year. And I am interested. I mean, even on the fan feedback line, I'd love to know people's thoughts on whether they plan on going en masse to the games. Uh, When it was first announced that the Wranglers were going to be in Calgary, I wasn't sure if they were going to be the team playing down at Seven Chiefs or, or, or one of these smaller rinks or Winsport. Um, but uh, it looks like the Hitmen will be playing a few more of their games elsewhere outside of the Dome, and the Wranglers will get almost uh, prime billing. So uh, I, I'm interested to see how the crowds compare between the Hitmen and the Wranglers. If one comes at the expense of the other, I don't know. Either way, lots of great options if you're uh, if you're um, – someone who loves the game and wants to see the young stars of the future. I know I'm fascinated to get to a, a bunch of uh, Wranglers games. I plan on taking my uh, my son to a whole bunch of them and, and, and seeing 
what an NHL or an AHL game is like these days. I haven't been to an AHL game in probably, oh, Lord, I don't know when the last time was, and I'm sure most people in this city would say the same thing. Many have never seen an AHL game in their life. And don't lie and say you watch them on TV or stream them. Uh, only the real diehard, the Lubos of the world, Sweet Lou's, they watch it on streaming and watch it on TV. So it's going to be great. It's a great product, and we know that because of the, the great pr- players that it produces. And I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that Brett's going to come back home. He's bought a place just out, uh, out near COP, out near Winsport, sorry. COP makes me sound older than I, well, I am old. Um, but uh, he's happy here. He's been living here for over 10 years, raising a family. I'm sure there's a hockey player or two in that family that we're going to start hearing about at some point in time. And uh, I'm just I'm just really happy to see him. He's uh, one of the good guys in the game. So a great ambassador for the Wranglers. And uh, speaking of great ambassadors, we got a good one coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, but we'll be back with Kirk Muller to talk about. Uh, he was the coach for the team last night in Vancouver. Uh, some of us who were here last night watched the Flames win 4 nothing against the uh, – AHL version of the Vancouver Canucks. Meanwhile, the AHL version of the Flames largely went down to Vancouver and won 3-2 in overtime against a very veteran Vancouver Canucks team. And the guy who was behind the bench and can provide some insights on what he saw and what he's seen throughout camp is Kirk Muller. And he'll be back uh, in just a few minutes. You're listening to the Eric Francis Show. It's brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. Live standard bread racing every Friday and Saturday at Century Downs Racetrack and Casino and at track two in Lacombe every Sunday. Thehorses.com, 18 plus, please play responsibly. You are listening to Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Eric Francis Show, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Okay, welcome back. Thank you to Brett Sutter. Lots of good feedback on the fan uh, feedback line. Keep those uh, questions coming, those comments coming. And uh, thanks for the person who just kind of summed it up and said, if you know, I, I referred to uh, it as COP and, and thought that's old. But apparently win sport means you're young. If you call it COP, it means you're middle-aged. If you call it Pascapoo, you're an original gangster. (laughs) (laughs) Pat would be an OG for sure. Uh, It's the Eric Francis Show. Our guest now, Kirk Muller. Uh, He was uh, head coach last night for the Calgary Flames out in Vancouver. And I have many, many questions, my friend, on uh, because we were uh, engrossed in the game here. We didn't get a chance to see what happened last night. I guess many of the people who are listening probably watched the game last night because it was on TV. There are two guys I am most fascinated by in this camp. Uh, yes, the shiny new objects, everybody's interested in, in learning more about them, how they fit in and all that. But I'm interested in two guys, and I'm going to start with Adam Klapka. And, and by no means do I think that anyone would think he'd be ready this year in an NHL capacity. But six foot eight, told me he's trimmed down to 235 pounds. He's a rock. Because my first question was going to be, do they want you to lose weight? Well, there's no weight to be lost on that frame. That guy is a monster. Tell, tell me about this kid. You saw him last night. He fought somebody. I think it's his first fight of his life. It, it kind of <laughs> looked that It's way. under five. It's under, it's under five <laughs> it's for under sure. Five. He played in the Czech Republic. He played two years in the USHL. And then the Flames, you guys signed him in the summer. Like, he's got some ingredients. Daryl said he might have been the best player in Penticton. 
Um, and, and, you know, I think for a big man, he's got a pretty good wheels and pretty good hands. Tell, tell me about this guy. Well, uh, Daryl's right. You know, we went to Penticton there and watched the, the rookie games, and he stood out not only for his size, but uh, I think what caught our eye for a lot of us seeing him for the first time is that, uh, you know, his ability to, to hang onto the puck and make some plays, uh-huh. and he's got a rocket of a shot. So, you know, he's, he scored with it. Uh, and so the, the combination that, you know, let's be honest, you get a, a big-sized winger like that that can hang on to the puck and make plays and go to the net, is willing to go to the hard areas and all that. He's raw, and he's got a lot to learn from the North American game. But there's, uh, there's stuff there that gets excited, and you know that he's just going to grow and get uh, build. And, and uh, so he's, uh, he's caught our eye for sure. What would be your advice to a guy like that? So last night he fights Vincent Arsenal, who's clearly more of a fighter in the NHL. He tried to fight Lucic at one point. He tried to fight Zadorov, And he finally found a kid <laughs> who just told me when I was talking to him in the hall, he seems like the nicest kid in the world. He said, I would have felt bad saying no. He was too polite to turn down a fight, so he fought. He's lucky he didn't get hurt. He got stung by one. But my point is, what's your advice to a guy like that who he's gonna get? He's gonna have a target on his back at six foot eight, even though he's never fought much in his life. What do you say to him? Yeah, talk to Luch. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, no. Um, hey, the, the fact that you know he was a gamer mm-hmm. and uh, he he wants to do well, and and that's the that's the beauty about it. when you get a guy like that with the skill and the size. Uh, I mean, that's not what, that's not his role. I mean, but no. the fact that he's, he, you know, he, these games are there for guys to showcase themselves and get an opportunity to say, Hey, I want to be a part of it. And he showed that. But at the end of the day, what's exciting is, like I said, he, he, he has that attitude where he's like, Hey, I want to learn the game over here and get better at it. I want to be a better player. And, and uh, when you get players that want to, you know, uh, put the time in and work better and they're a student, then, uh, you know, we can work with them and make them better. So it's exciting that the potential that he has and the willingness that he wants to get better. Yeah. And so he, uh, like we, like you, you know, we agree, uh, he caught our eye so far and, uh, the, you know, in Penticton and then again last night. Yeah, a year or two with the Wranglers and, you know, this team is looking for a right-handed winger who can bat, crash bang <laughs> score he scored a beautiful goal in the scrimmage the other day and uh yeah anyway yeah, he just yeah. he's exciting and i know the fans haven't seen him yet or maybe they watched last night but uh, uh that's why i wanted to ask you about the other guy who i dare say if the season started tomorrow and you could tell me if i'm wrong i know you don't handle the defenseman but if the season started tomorrow because oliver shillington is not in the lineup nicholas malosh malosh is 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 playing next to Zadorov throughout this camp. And, um, you know, tell me what you've seen from him so far. Or do you not ever pay attention to defensemen? That, that's Ryan's job. <laughs> no, we we, uh, we sat as a staff. And, uh, you know, we, we went through uh, all these players before training camp goes and, and uh, watched their, uh, their clips and that from the last year and playing. You know, he's a competitive kid. He's got the size. Uh, he's You know, he's played NHL games. And, you uh, he has the ability to play at this level, and now it's a matter of you know, you know, uh, fitting these guys into the way we play here. And uh, you know, but he, but he's very sound defensively. He's, uh, you know, his first pass is very good. Is what we want from our defensemen. So he has that ability, and uh, so you know, it's a, he's certainly a guy that's uh, going to get a good opportunity. 
to show what he can and showcase himself, and uh, we're excited to have him here. He's a, he's great, a, great guy, great yeah. team game. For, uh, all, the, all the stuff that we watched uh, from the videos and, and uh, did homework on him is, you know, you got a competitive kid that uh, is, has a size, can move the puck, and can, uh, you know, fit into the way that we want to play. And, uh, you know, speaking of video, he was telling me that, you know, he signed here because uh, I guess the feedback from assistant coaches was uh, they like the way he plays and they see him being the replacement for Erica Branson. And, hey, those are big shoes to fill, literally. But uh, he said he spent his entire summer going over film of Erica Branson and learning what he does to make him effective. They want him to be a power play or a penalty killer. They want him to be, you know, rough and tumble. He's almost not quite as big, but he's pretty close, six foot three, two eleven. Um anyway, I just think it's a nice fit. He's twenty five years old, so he's he'd be ready to step in if the season started tomorrow. Yeah, well I mean, you know, when you lose players you look opportunities uh present themselves, right? And we're looking for an, another PK guy back there and he's had some experience from, from uh from those situations so you know he's done the, he's done his homework he's done the right thing but again that's that's the key he, he fits the that type of a type of a player like that that it's going to play hard and uh physical on you and play defensively and and keep the game simple so uh great great pickup and uh you know a good player to, for us to bring in this year for uh, to have a look at to see if we can fill the position and that's what this camp's for right is the yeah. uh who goes out and grabs it and takes it. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking to uh, Kirk Muller about uh, camp and all things uh, prospects and potential players who could crack the lineup early uh, this camp, this season. And, you know, Cole Schwint's a guy who a lot of people are fascinated by because he was included in the big trade. Uh, what did you see from him last night and, and through camp so far? Yeah, you know, he had a, a few games in the NHL there last year. So, mm-hmm. wa- again, watching his clips and everything, he's, you know, he's a tall, lanky sentiment uh you know wants to have that responsibility being a good sound defensive uh sentiment really and so uh i think he's again a, a guy that has that potential of uh we, we chatted the last few days of you know parts of his game that we can you know tweak and fix mm-hmm. and all that to make him that that reliable dependable guy without the puck and we, we again we know the style that we play here and you have to be a good hockey player, uh, you know, without it before you you get it. So he's uh, he's on board. He, he had some good games there last year, and uh, a good player to really build on, and great part to, to be in that trade. So I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, another big size uh, uh, Ford, and you can't have enough of them. So yeah. it's good to have. We in the media, and the, you know, we we look for every little tidbit uh, in camp to see who might have an edge, who might be catching the eye of the coaches, the management. Craig Conroy walked by last night after the game, and he he said Poirier's got great hands, you know. So we start glomming onto this because <laughs> Poirier's known to have great hands. You know, yes, and Daryl kind of. Uh, <laughs> you saw Daryl's comments about that. He said, yeah, he's got great hands, but there's a whole lot more that he's got to work on in, in Daryl's sort of way. But if I ask you with a blanket statement, who's caught your eye during camp, I feel like that's asking a, a stockbroker for a tip. But is there someone who is having a really good camp in your mind that's standing out? Well, I think – well, I, I mean, I missed the game last night uh, that was at home, obviously, yeah. because uh, our game on the road – um, I, I think it it looks more like what we do here is that you, you take players and, and 
in order to evaluate, you have to evaluate properly. So you, you put the players in the positions and uh, situations of where you see them so far. So whether a junior A player, or, you know, they're, they're progressing and they're in the minor league, uh, you know, level right now or, or guys that are trying to, you know, get spots right here. So when you do that, you know, you, I think that's what's more important early on in, in the uh, uh, training camp is to see, hey, is this, what, is this guy progressing? Is this guy we brought in and we brought him in for this reason? So you got to really identify what the type of player that player is and then see if, is how he looks like he's going to fit in with us. So, for example, like uh, Zari, you know, a young kid, you, yeah. know, uh, you know, I look at him and, you know, he got injured last year, so we didn't get a chance to see him. And he goes to Stockton, you know, now you get to know him and, and you see like he's a kid that, you know, put up good numbers in junior. He's eager to learn. He, he makes plays. He's, you know, he's got a high uh, hockey IQ. So, you know, so now you, you start to say, hey, that's a guy that's going to progress. We, we like to see him in the system. You know, you get a guy like Rooney that comes in, uh, signs this year, you know, he plays in New York. And, you know, you know him, but you don't. And you go, wow, here's another big center that really wants to be a good defensive center. Uh, you know, he brings something to the table. And, and again, so you, you, you dissect it that way. And, and so, so far, our leaders, our veterans from last year have come in excited about the year. Guys that were in Stockton have really progressing. And then you got guys like, you look at Wolf last night, you know, and that's, I mean, uh, you know, he, he, just had, he just had a great game. And so you're, you get excited with those young guys. So overall, I think that's where we're at, we will, we're, we're at until we get a couple more games and things squeeze up and get tightened up a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, you know, I just, I assume, you know, people see you during camp at the grocery store or something. They're like, who's going to make the team? Or, you know, everyone wants to the edge in their pool. But but tell me about Dustin Wolf. You saw him last night, and yeah. uh, you know uh, it looked like a really great effort from him again, which people are getting used to ever since he turned pro, and even when he was junior. Yeah, you know what? His, his hockey IQ is is very high. You know, one thing I noticed, you know, obviously his numbers and you know goalie of the year last year and everything like that. But it was interesting watching him last night in the, in that game, and really, you know, goaltenders can be, you know, I don't know a lot about goaltenders as far as <laughs> I don't get into the structural part of it, well, but um, but what I I do know is that you know you know a goalie's engaged and his hockey IQ, the way he reads plays, and you know if you're out there for a long shift and you need a, you know you know a stoppage of play, you know, and he did that last night. He was very calm, killed the plays at the right time, or he kept the puck moving. You know, that shows me a, a goalie that, that's really in, zoned in and tuned into the game and knows the, his hockey IQ of, you know, what's going on out there. And, and that's, you know, aside from, you know, how well he did play in nets and uh, structurally and all that, uh, Barb's done a great job with him that way. Uh, at the end of the day, he, he knows the game and, uh, he, he, you know, he, he handled that game last night very well. Tell me about camp. As a player, how much did you hate it? <laughs> Come on. Oh, well, you know, it might be the one part where we, the, the the present guys like to ask you, like, what was it really like back? And I guess when we broke in the 80s and, uh, you know, th I, you know what? It starts with, it starts the way you're tra you trained, you know, and yeah. you know, I was talking to Kadri about this. I said, we used to take, you know, one or two months off yeah. and then we'd go all hard in uh, August because we knew we'd play eight to 10 games. And back then, you know, as, as a, you know, I started in Jersey, you know, you knew as a veteran guy, I, I would play personally like eight games a year, an exhibition. Oh my and God. when you bring it back before that, you would do two a days and you would scrimmage twice a day. So you would scrimmage, run across the street, eat, come back, put the equipment on and play another scrimmage. Oh my God. <laughs> and so, 
you know, it's such a different, but you know, the players today are so well, you know, trained and they train differently and smarter and, you know, they don't have to go through the grind that we did. But, uh, but I always tell the story of when I was in Jersey, there was a guy, Al Stewart, that uh, was a tough kid and Kenny Danarco was another tough uh, teammate at the time. And they were good friends, but Stewie said, I got to make this team. So he asked Daniel, he goes, Hey, Daniel, you know, we got a fight this morning. And Daniel says, Stewie, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm not fighting you now, but I'll fight you in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't doing it early. That's funny. And that was a much more prevalent back then where guys would fight. Like I, I, someone told me, I wasn't in Penticton, but that there were a couple guys looking for fights and the refs are breaking it up going, guys, no, we don't need to fight here in camp. <laughs> back in the 80s, guys were fighting all the time, right, to try and establish themselves? Well, it was a different game, you know. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's like you do whatever you can to make a team, right? And everyone knows their uh, their limitations and what they do and what they bring to the table. So, you know, it's, it's different that way. But definitely back to the training camps, it was just more as all scrimmages, and, and that's how you got to evaluate it before you played eight to ten submission yeah. <laughs> games. Well, I think back, back right around the, your day, or maybe even before that, guys like Guy Lafleur and such, they would, well, Guy never quit smoking, but, you know, guys saw training camp as well, quit smoking for a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. That's how they prepared for a camp. And over the years, it's just gotten more and more strict to the point where I talk to these poor pl- poor players, I don't mean that, but they're like, yeah, I took I took a week and a half off, and yeah. then I got right back into it. What you took a? <laughs> yeah, well, even you look at Kadri, one one you know the Stanley Cup last yeah. year, and he told me you know two and a half weeks later, I think he was back in the gym oh. starting to go again, and and you know that's the mindset. You know they're they're so well disciplined today. The the, yeah. the players, you got to give them credit. Uh, that you know they're they're well educated on all this stuff, but they they do put the commitment in. It's a full year, all year round stuff now. Yeah, and uh, and that's why it prepares them so well for uh, for these training camps. I mean, we went 35 minutes today, you know, each group, and you know, like I was saying, you know, back when we played, we were doing two scrimmages, so we paid the price for enjoying an extra month in the summer. Yeah, it all. <laughs> yeah, you got to pay the price for at some point. Uh, we're talking to Kirk Muller about the camp and. And it's funny, as you're talking, I'm, I'm scrolling through, uh, you know, Jersey was one of my favorite teams growing up. Uh, and and I, I look back at some of the guys you used to play with and I, the penalty minutes, I, I know it was a different game and everything. And, and you, weren't, you weren't shy of getting the odd penalty minute as well. But some of the guys you played with from Kenny Danico to <laughs> David Maley, um, you know, these guys were monsters and beasts. Tell me, Tell me a Danico story because he was known as one of the, well, just one of the toughest guys there was. Oh boy, you hit a topic that I could. One of my favorite teammates, you know, and uh, he was. Eh? He was, yeah, you know, uh, an Alberta boy. Um, yeah, I won't say the city he's from, but uh, from out in Alberta. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I, well, you know, if you talk about that Devils uh, team, you know, I think we still lead. I think we still participate in the in the playoff series with the most penalty minutes ever and surprisingly i think it was jersey and uh, washington yeah and uh i think it's still a record but uh no kenny uh, we were playing here one night against calgary actually uh, tell a calgary story and it's halloween night and flurry skated by our bench and he said to daniel hey daniel what are you doing with that head of yours later i need a jack-o'-lantern for my kids <laughs> who said that <laughs> flurry. flurry did <laughs> Our whole bench started laughing. <laughs> Kenny goes, you're not that good looking of a guy either, you know. 
how uh, hard is it when someone <laughs> says something that's so funny it's cutting into your teammate but it's so funny you can't not laugh oh, right you know what there's there's some great jobs back then and oh, you know yeah. he, he got kenny and you know he'd get him all ruffled up you know oh. and, but he was uh he was a, he was a great <laughs> hey i think he's a three-time stanley cup champ yeah. and uh uh he was a warrior he played hard and uh you know we brought him over to russia the one year in the world championships and lots of injuries and you know he was a defenseman obviously a defensive defenseman and that was back when the russians were the you know the the, the famous uh red army team mm -hmm. makrov and kutov and Lirionov and that and we had some injuries so kenny went up on the left wing and we're chasing these guys around out there and that big ice surfers back in the 80s and at the world championships and kenny's chasing and chasing and comes to the bench and he says jesus guys i gotta tell you they're really really good yeah yeah he learned the hard way <laughs> he was so serious it was like he was about a minute and a half out there chasing the puck we never touched it <laughs> we're a young team from canada but what an honor but he's uh but hey he's he paid his dues and won a cup yeah. and Great, great teammate. Troy, can I ask you about Troy Crowder too? Because as, you know, again, from afar, this guy seemed like one of the last people in the world I'd want to ever cross. Yeah, it, crazy, almost mild-mannered, uh, educated, uh, calm guy off the ice, which a lot of the heavyweights back then were. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he, you know, I, I don't know. There's been a lot of tough guys in this game and, mm. and everything, but I, I don't know if I've ever seen a player kind of go through the way he did that first year and kind of just really, you know, you know, go through a lot of these heavyweights. And, uh, you know, of course, that big uh, night, you know, opening night against Detroit to get in the big fight with Probert. And, mm. and then, you know, it was the, you know, the, the, the rematch probably 10 games later. So I've never seen anything really like that in wow. the NHL, you know, and, and uh but and then he ended up playing in detroit but i mean just, you know just a big you know body tough guy that uh you know was able to you know play a few years and uh, make a living for a while and but a great team great team guy and uh do anything for you and uh just one one more guy that was a great guy was involved with in uh, jersey there any idea what he's doing these days like i'm always fascinated here what the former fighters are doing especially when you say he was an educated mild-mannered guy yeah, you know what? I I know he's doing well up in northern Ontario area where he's from, yeah. up in that Sudbury area. And, and uh, but uh, last I heard, uh, yeah, it, he's yeah, things are good. He's with doing him, well. Yeah, yeah. You don't have reunions with these guys, do you? Un uh, unofficial ones, maybe. Yeah, it's tough. We had a reunion, you know, with Montreal with the group that we won the cup with in '93. Mm -hmm. We just we hit that anniversary of geez, of 30 years and. 30 years, um, yeah. uh, but uh so, you know kind of like that but it's you know the summers get busy and uh it's uh it's tough that way you know uh, to, to kind of really connect with uh with people but uh you'd like to stay in you know it's, it's it's a great thing about my job you know you go around in the rinks and you still see guys that are involved uh so you know that's yeah. a one great thing but if they're not in hockey it's uh, you kind of lose touch pretty quick yeah yeah absolutely yeah. Uh, a couple more minutes here with kirk muller uh camp you know we we joked about it as a player and and how different it was back in your day um is it is it how would you describe camp as a coach now onerous is it annoying a necessary evil or is it fruitful where you get a lot of information that you can disseminate a lot of information to the players how do you look at camp 
I, I think it's a real balance, you know, like like we're saying, like, you know, we're, uh, you really got a combination of, you know, you, you got a, a certain, you break it down into sections, but right now it's introducing our systems to new guys, like we say that we trade, you know, made trades for, or the invites or, you know, free agents and all that. And so, you know, you break it down into that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And then, so you got to really prepare because you, you're like, hey, we got to be ready for game one of the opening uh, season. That's the most important thing. And then you got to, you know, really manage the veterans and, you know, the times of, you know, easing them into which games to play and, you know, how many games should they be playing. And, and so it's really like a puzzle, as I was just saying this morning, of balancing all that out. And then on the other side, you have you have only some of these guys for a certain period of time before they leave and go back to either, well, stay here in Calgary this year or stocked in the past or the junior guys. And uh, and you, go, you want to take that time to, you know, build a relationship and meet them. And then you also want to teach them. Uh, before they go back on the things that you, you you expect to see them progress in. So it's a matter of uh, putting systems in, working with the veterans, getting new uh, combinations, uh, working with the young guys. And so it's a, it's, <laughs> it's a busy time because you have twice as much work as well with two groups and three. Well, we have three groups this year. Yeah. And so uh, you're, you're, you're full on, really, to be honest here right now, and trying to fulfill all the, you know, the – things that you know uh, that you want to accomplish yeah yeah it's a busy busy time anyway i appreciate your time thanks for uh, taking time out of a busy day i know you didn't get back in too late last night from vancouver <laughs> so it's not bad but it starts tomorrow with the travel and the annoyances of it all and everything so <laughs> we're good good luck i appreciate it and we'll be talking to you through okay all right thanks thanks all right good thanks okay. all right so that's kirk muller and uh only a couple more weeks left of camp thank you sir uh, a couple of weeks left of camp to sort out a lot of things. Most of the roster here is set, but uh, there's some interesting storylines that are still to be played out. And uh, we thank uh, Kirk for sharing that with us. Uh, listen, uh, that brings us to the end of our time here for the Eric Francis. So it's brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta, live standard bred racing every Friday and Saturday at Century Downs Racetrack and Casino and at Track 2 in Lacombe every single Sunday. Thehorses.com, it's 18+. plus. Please play responsibly just want to uh, remind people the pizza pig out is back if you've never been you'll want to go to this it's been well this will be three years since we had our last one it's the 20th annual we're going to raise uh, we're going to go over the one million dollar mark for local charities all by just chowing down on, on an absolutely ridiculous amount of pizza tickets are on sale at ericfrancispizzapigout.com and all the proceeds go to kidsport calgary uh, my beloved uh, charity here in town, not my charity, but my charity of choice. They do such great work helping kids get off the sidelines and into the game who are facing uh, various challenges in their life or their family's life. So get out there, support them. And uh, one way that you can do that is by way of an auction we're going to have on this station on Wednesday. If you want to go to the Stamps game Saturday, uh, we've got a private box. A good friend of mine, Tammy Truman, who is a huge supporter of everything in this city, to do with the flames the stampeders and sports uh she's donated her box to the pizza pig out and to uh to the kids sports so if you want a box for 16 people to go to the stamp game this saturday um now it doesn't include your food and drink but it includes your seats and parking passes and all that uh make sure you listen on wednesday we're going to auction that thing off we did it last year and i ended up going with the group that bought it had a great time and it's a great way to watch a Stampeder game inside the glass there in the uh, private suites uh, at McMahon Stadium. So look out for that. And also uh, tickets, if you want to go to the game on Wednesday night, the exhibition game here, 
I'll be giving away my two tickets. Uh, if you go to Eric Francis uh, on Twitter, I'll be giving those tickets away tomorrow. So, uh, so look for that as well. All right. This was the Eric Francis show. Make sure you stay tuned next for Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers. You're listening to sports at 960, the fan.